is awesome. <laughs> Happy Father's Day weekend to all of the dads. Yeah, this is our week. Yeah, come on, give it up for the dads. All right. Absolutely. Dads, this is our weekend to watch football. Or so, I don't know. Wait, it's summer. I don't know. Anyway, dads, this is our weekend, man. This is the weekend where it's all about us. So I just, I love Father's Day and, and Father's Day week. This is, this is, and my birthday's around this weekend. So that's a good thing too. I was actually born on Father's Day, which is really cool. So anyway, hey, this is part three of our Around the Table series. And this six, six week summer series, we are taking six weeks to walk through the six chapters of the book of Galatians. And the whole idea centering, uh, centering around this, uh, this series is that we're basically pulling up a chair, if you will, next to one of the great spiritual fathers of the faith, the Apostle Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And the book of Galatians is actually, actually a letter that he wrote to the churches in Galatia. And so he's writing to these communities of believers, and, and basically what we're doing is we're kind of using that metaphor of pulling up a chair next to the Apostle Paul while he is instructing, giving some life lessons, if you will, to the believers in the region of the world at that time called Galatia. And so uh, for the first couple of chapters in the last two weeks, we've been talking about the, Paul's big idea, which is this idea of grace. See, there's this huge debate, this huge conversation, this huge discussion going on in their day uh, about the grace of Jesus Christ. And the big question that they were talking about and that Paul talked about through Galatians chapter 1 and chapter 2 was, is the grace of Jesus enough or is it the grace of Jesus plus something? So is it the grace of Jesus plus church attendance? Is it the grace of Jesus plus generosity, plus uh, good works? The grace of Jesus plus tradition? The grace of Jesus plus circumcision? They were having this huge debate. And so the first two chapters of the book of Galatians, Paul is kind of speaking right to it and basically saying, listen, it is the grace of Jesus plus nothing that allows us to be in right standing before God. So as chapter 2 turns into chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, like chapters 1 and chapter 2, he's kind of put on like the nice guy face. But man, chapter 3, he just starts to drill down. And so the first few verses of chapter 3, Paul is like slapping them. He's like, come here, come here to the table. And so he's like, just, he's just slapping them. And he's like, come on, because here's where the debate went. In chapter 3, the debate went to, is it the grace of Jesus plus the law? In other words, some of the religious leaders of the day were saying, fine, 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 we're cool with the grace of Jesus, but it's the grace of Jesus and following all of the old rules of the law and legalism. That the religious leaders of the day were basically saying, we want to, we're fine with the grace of Jesus. Good, do whatever you want. But we want to make sure we observe the old legalistic standard. We want to make sure that we observe this, this, this unrealistic legalistic standard. And so, so in chapter 3 then, Paul starts to address this whole idea of the grace of Jesus and the law. As a matter of fact, look at verse 21 of, of Galatians chapter 3. Here's what it says. Paul's writing and he says, For if a law had been given that could impart life, then righteousness would certainly have come by the law. In other words, if God could have passed a law and created a law and said, as long as you live by this law everybody's righteous. Everybody has a good standing before God. 
Paul's writing and he says, if God could have done it that way, he would have. But he can't. And so instead, he had to send Jesus. Look at verse 22. But the scripture declares that the whole world is a, I want you to key in on this word, prisoner of sin. So that what was promised, being given through faith in Jesus Christ, might be given to those who believe. So in other words, it's not about obeying the laws. It's not about keeping all of the rules. It's not about a legalistic, unrealistic standard. It is about the grace of Jesus Christ that unlocks us from the prison of sin. Then he continues on, verse 23, he repeats the word. Before this faith came, we were held prisoners by the law. In other words, before we stepped into grace... We were prisoners. And Next Level Church, I want you to know that over the last several weeks in preparation for this Father's Day weekend message, and I knew we'd be studying through the book of Galatians, and I knew we'd be in Galatians chapter 3, the word that just kept jumping out to me, that just, just I could not get out of my heart, was this word prisoners. And I think it's so appropriate as here we are on Father's Day weekend, Because I have this feeling that many of us who are dads, who are fathers, live in a prison of sorts. That that we feel captured. We feel like prisoners living in in this weight of fatherhood, living under this weight as as we look across our culture, as, as we look across this thing, that there is this legalistic, unrealistic standard that is just bombarding us. And, and as I was praying about and seeking the Lord, saying, God, what is that word that you want us to share to fathers on Father's Day weekend? I could not get away from this idea that fathers, so many of us feel like prisoners. Prisoners to a legalistic, unrealistic standard that the world is placing on us. This burden that Jesus does not want us to live under. So this weekend, here's what we're going to do. And if you have your bullets and you want to follow along, I would love that. I want to talk about four prisons that fathers are held captive in. Four prisons that hold us as dads captive. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to be obviously talking to fathers, and that's cool. But listen, I, here's what I think. I have a feeling that uh, uh, most every single one of us who are listening uh, this weekend will be able to relate to what we're talking about. Four prisons that hold fathers captive. Ready? Here's the first one. Number one, the first prison is the prison of comparison. The prison of comparison is a prison that holds so many dads captive. I mean, what is it, you guys, about, about fatherhood, that, like just about manhood even, that makes it like, where's this comparison thing? It just comes natural, doesn't it? I remember um, when, when uh, we were pregnant for, with our first son, so this is over 12 years ago now, and we were... Um, they, you know, they had the whole baby shower deal for my wife, for, for us, for us. It was us. It was great. And honestly, come on, dads. Like, there's not a whole lot about the whole baby shower thing that is like, oh, wet wipes. Thank you. <laughs> Can I watch football now? Like, right? Like, that's a prison. Come on, somebody. That's a prison right now. Listen, 
Okay, so here's the deal. So like we're, all of the stuff you get at those things, it's all good. You know, I appreciate the diapers, and I'm sure we're going to use those. That's awesome. And the little cute outfits, those are cute. That's great. Okay, but there was one present, men, in particular, that like for me got me excited about fatherhood. And that was the stroller. Because that big thing was all wrapped. I mean, every man loves big presents. I'm like, yeah. So we open that, and it's like, oh. I looked at the picture, and I'm like, oh, it's got dually front wheels. Mm. And I'm telling you, it's like got the one click, you know, like, I didn't even need a screwdriver. I'm a dad. Right? Like, like the strollers, like I could not wait for us to have our kids so we could stick him, lovingly place him in that stroller and take him to the mall and show off how manly I am as a dad and my stroller. So I'll never forget, seriously, the first time we ever went out, and I don't even think we were at the mall, we were like at this store called Meyer, which is like the Midwest equivalent of Walmart. And so we go there, you know, and we, we got our son, you know, he's all in the stroller and the dooleys in the front. And I'm like, baby, I got it. Stand back. <laughs> right. And I'm like, mm, mm. And all of a sudden, like we look down and there's this other dad with a stroller. <sighs> that duffer had like 20 inch rims on the back. What? He had like spinners before spinners were cool. He's like, there's like a Bentley logo, like an emblem on the front of his stroller. And I'm like, man, I stink. I hate fatherhood. I'm like, come on. Just when you think you're like awesome, some guy shows up all like pimped out stroller. And it's like, rah, I'm probably not even allowed to say that word in church. Sorry. <sighs> that happens more than we'd all like to admit. Gosh, what is it, men, about this whole comparison thing? Listen, here's the deal, guys. This comparison thing is a prison. When we compare ourselves to someone else, when we compare ourselves to another family or another dad, see, here's, here's the trick about this comparison prison, and that is that we always tend to compare ourselves when we're at our worst and they're at, our, they're at their best. Have you ever noticed that? Like, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you go to the party. And like you spend the whole drive to the party yelling and screaming in the car. And you're like, kids, if I could get to you, I would, right? You're trying to slam. What is going like? You get there and you're like yelling yourself hoarse. And then you walk in and you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> and your kids are over in the corner just like, Bruh, you know, and just like fighting. And then like, you know, that perfect little angel family, you know, comes walking. And they got like seven kids. And they're all dressed the same. And the girls are in the nice pressed dresses. And the boys are the magic ties and the whole deal. You know, and you're just like, <laughs> right? And they all just sit there quiet. And your kids are like throwing mud on cars. <laughs> See, this comparison thing is a prison that can lock us up. And all of a sudden, before we know it, dad's guilt and shame we start looking at ourselves, dogging ourselves, oh man, I'm a horrible dad. My kids or my family or my no, no no listen. That's a prison. That's a prison of an unrealistic standard that we don't have to live up to. Here's a second prison, dads, that I think sometimes many of us can fall into. The first is comparison, the second is the prison of distraction. The prison 
of distraction. See, we live in a world that gives us the ability to never be disconnected. The greatest thing about smartphones is that they're smart, and so they're always on, and they're always alerting us, and they're always telling us, and they always want to push notifications. I don't even know what that means, but I don't want it. I don't want my smartphone to push anything my way. I'm good. No pushing, which is what we tell our kids at the party. But see, here's the problem. The problem with the smartphone is it's not smart enough to know when we need to not be distracted by it anymore. This happened to me just a few weeks ago. I was sitting on the couch. Sarah was upstairs with my youngest son, and they were working on a project or something for school. And so my oldest son and I went down. We were just laying on the couch before bed, and the Rays game was on us. We were watching the Rays and just, you know, hanging out. And I had had a busy day, so I hadn't really looked at my phone a ton that day. So I just, he was, I had my arm around Will, you know. So I'm just kind of scrolling through stuff. I'm just kind of looking at just relaxing, honestly. Just nothing. I wasn't working, per se. I was just there. And all of a sudden, Will goes, Dad, watch the game. And I looked at him and I said, I am, buddy. It's baseball. I mean, if the announcers get loud, I'll look up. <laughs> Trust me. And I love baseball, but it's like, I, I, I know how this is going to go. And I said, I am, buddy. And he goes, no, you're not. Be with me. <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> the guilt and the shame and the condemnation. <laughs> Mercy. Gosh. But in that moment, it was, it was that feeling of, yeah, he's right. I'm not all here. And I just, I said, you know what, buddy, I'm sorry. And I just put my ph- phone down and just, I just was watching the game with him. He just wanted me to be with him. Dads, the question for us this weekend is, when, when, when in your world do you turn it off? See, the greatest danger of our world is that we live in a world that allows us the, and gives us the ability to never be all there anywhere. We're at work and we're thinking about somewhere else. We're somewhere else and we're thinking about work. We're with our kids and we're thinking about this. And we're checking our phone and we're doing the email and we're doing the thing. And I got to do this and I'm to do this. We live in a world where distraction can become a prison. And dads, if we're not careful, this distraction thing can do damage to us, to our kids, to our spouse. So dads, we got to be careful of the prison of distraction. The third prison, fathers, we've got to be cautious of. Number one is the prison of comparison. Number two is the prison of distraction. Number three is the prison of more. The prison of more. See, there's this this thinking in our world today that, that says, this belief that says, I have to try and give my kids more than I had growing up. I have, to, I have to, my job, my, this unrealistic, legalistic standard that's placed on us fathers, whether we admit it or not, is that you're only successful, dad, if you provide more material possessions than you had growing up. That's how you win as a dad. That's what our world says. Nothing could be further from the truth. And here's why. Listen, I hope, I hope this sets some of us free this weekend. Listen, here's the deal. Dads, by and large, think back, all of us, all of us, whoever whoever you are, dad, whatever, think back to your childhood, okay, your childhood. For the most part, our childhood memories are not the possessions that we had. See, our kids, parents, dads, will not necessarily, so to speak, they will not grow up remembering whether we had a 42-inch or a 55-inch TV. Now, occasionally their friends will bring it up and we got 119 inch plasma, whatever. Well, you go tell your friend to punch his dad in the face for me. (laughs) 
the memories that our children, dads, will take with them throughout the rest of their life will not, by and large, be the material possessions that we did or did not provide them with. And here's why. Because whatever you have is the only reality you know. So if all you have is 42, then that's all you have. It's just, that's just the car you drive or the home you live in. That's just, the, that's just their childhood. What our children will take with them throughout their life, parents, dads, will be experiences and stories. And so dads, we've got to be cautious about this prison of more. Thinking that if my job, my success as a dad is determined by how much more I can give them than I had when I was a child. It's not about that. Instead, I think we've got to shift our thinking into experiences and stories. And and let me just say this about my childhood. When I think back on my childhood, my parents were fantastic at at crafting experiences and, and, and engaging us in memorable stories and experiences. And to this day, 20, 30 years later, my brother and I and my parents and I, we sit around and we tell stories and we laugh and, and we remember not how big our TV was, but the stories and experiences that we lived out together. See, this more thing is a trap. And, and what my experience of stories, listen, here's, this doesn't have to cost a lot of money. That's not what I'm talking about. The other night, a couple weeks ago, my sons and I were watching the Rays game. That's a theme. And all, we were upstairs, and all of a sudden, um, they were getting their pajamas on or doing something, and one of my sons came out with one of his dart guns, and uh, we own far too many dart guns. It just So please, just come and take a lot of them. They'll never miss them. But on this particular night, it, somehow we got into like this dart gun war. And all of a sudden, like tables and couches, like nothing was safe. Like we, it was, it was my oldest son versus my youngest son and myself. And we were all over and darts were flying and babies were crying. Like it was awesome. Like it was a dart gun crazy war. My kids are still talking about it a couple weeks later. And they'll probably keep talking about it for a long, long time. You know what they won't talk about? How much the table costs that we were hiding under. It's not about the possessions. It's about the experiences. It's about the stories. And dads, some of us, need to engage our kids in a better story. Is it possible that the reason your son or your daughter, and I don't know, my kids are not teenagers yet, and so I'm not trying to be all like, I'm just trying to share something with you. Is it possible that one of the reasons why our children are, 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 their eyes are wandering wayward is, could it be that they're looking for a better story to engage in? What if, dads, what if we took control of the stories that our kids got to live instead of their friends or their peer group? And again, I'm not, please, please, dads, don't hear me being all like, "Mm, that's not it, that's not it. That's not my heart. My heart, dads, is, come on. As fathers, we have the ability to craft experiences, to seize moments, And to engage our kids in stories that they'll remember forever. And that goes way beyond material possessions or more.
The fourth prison that dads, I think we can, we can be tempted to fall into in parenthood. One is comparison. Two is distraction. Three is more. And the fourth prison that we're talking about this weekend on Father's Day is the prison of not good enough. I've never talked to another dad, never met another guy who hasn't in some way, shape, or form at some time felt like they just weren't good enough. And maybe that's you. Maybe you're here this weekend or you're watching or listening in another environment and you're a dad and that's the way you feel. You look across at your kids, you look across at your family and you just think, I'm just inadequate, like I can't do this. I want you to know something. And this is, this is going to appeal to your simple faith side, not the legalistic standard side of, of fatherhood. The simple faith side of this is that the Bible says that children are a heritage from the Lord. They're a blessing of the Lord. Children are a trust from the Lord. Here's what that means. That means that if you're a dad, even if your children were an accident, even if you didn't want them, even if the circumstances around their coming into this world were anything less than ideal or positive, apparently, the God of the universe saw fit to think that you were good enough. And so I don't know all of the circumstances surrounding how you got to be a dad. Maybe they weren't even your kids. And you've said things or you've thought things like, I didn't want these kids to begin with or this was an accident or these were her kids. What? No, no, listen, doesn't matter. The Bible makes it clear that if we're a dad, then we're good enough. See, there, there are four prisons that hold us dads captive. And there are four keys that can unlock the door to those prisons. For the prison of comparison, dads, if you want to write this down, the key that unlocks the door of comparison is to refuse to compare. Refuse to compare. I know it sounds simple. Seriously, that's it? Yeah, yeah, listen. This is one that, that I struggle with, that we all struggle with. That You look over at the other family and they're just all Brady Bunch and perfect and awesome. And it's just like, I just, here's, here's the deal. I just have to keep coming back. Like for me and my two kids, and I have amazing boys and, and a great wife, great family. Here's the deal though. I have to keep coming back consistently to this idea that God gave me the kids that he knew we would need to be able to live the life he's called us to live. We have a unique journey. We have a unique story that he's telling through our life. We have a unique calling, a unique ministry, a unique rhythm to our life. Listen, everybody's journey is different. Refuse to compare. For the second one, for, for distraction, the second key that can unlock us from the prison of distraction is to be present. Be present, dads. Come on. When in the rhythm of your week are you going to put it down? When in the rhythm of our week are we going to turn it off? And I don't know what that looks like. Dads, that might look like getting on the floor. 
and wrestling. It might look like putting on that funny hat that your little girls wanted you to put on and lay down next to the tea set and pretend to have a tea party with her. I don't know what that looks like. What I do know is our kids are dying not for more of more. They're dying for more of us. For us to be present, dads. For the prison of more, the key that unlocks that is to create stories. Create stories. What would it look like to begin instead of thinking of material possessions? What would it look like for us dads to think in terms of experiences and stories? My parents were great at this, man. Growing up for a couple years, we had an RV. And when I say RV, I'm not talking about like the nice ones they sell out north of town. I'm talking about like the ghetto ones with no air conditioning. Okay, so it's not, so don't think that it's all like, you're all, they're not alone. But my, listen, my parents were great at, at engaging my brother and I in stories and in experiences. We traveled all over the country. We'll, we'll be traveling now with some of the guys, you know, we're on a road trip or something. And we'll start talking about, you know, we'll go through somewhere. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember I was here in fourth grade. And my mom, she's a school teacher. She helped us. She, she made sure we saw the whatever. And they're like, have you been everywhere? And the guys will joke with, they'll razz me. They're like, you know, bro, most people don't live like that. My parents are great at creating experiences and engaging us in the story of what was going on, not, ju- not just the, the material possessions. And then finally, for the prison of not good enough, the key that unlocks the door is to believe that you are good enough. Dads, listen. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. If you have kids, then the Bible makes it clear that the best version of you is good enough. Guess what? Dads, listen, your kids don't want some other kid's dad. They just want you. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul continues on and he's again talking about this idea of faith versus this legalistic, unrealistic standard of the law. And in verses 26 and 27, look what he declares. He, He says, you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Dads, hear me on this one. This fatherhood thing, it's too hard. In and of itself, like in our own strength, in our own abilities, in our own power, we can't do this. But through our faith in Christ, we can And so dads, I just want to encourage you this weekend. Listen, you're enough. You can do this. You got to believe this. You know why? Because our kids need us to be the best version of ourselves that God wants us to be. And when we live in these prisons, we can never be that. So here's what I want to do. I want us to pray all over this place this weekend. I want us to pray. So can we just, across this room, can we just bow our heads in this moment? God is here. 
And I believe God wants to touch dads. I believe he's touching other people as well who've been locked up in some of these prisons. But dads, this one's for you. God, I just pray right now for every father who's listening. God, I pray where we have been able to identify with with one or two or three or all of these prisons this weekend. Lord, I pray that you would right now just begin to do a work, a sovereign work in our hearts. God, begin to unlock these prison cell doors that have held us bound. God, for for the father who's been caught up in this comparison trap, God, unlock the door. Unlock the door. May they leave this place this weekend refusing to compare their journey to anybody else. Lord, for the dads who've been distracted, God, I pray that they would go home this week and choose to be different. That they would put the phone down. They'd close the email. They'd turn the TV off. Whatever it is for them that is right. And they'd be present. God, for the fathers who are listening this weekend who have fallen into the trap of more, and they're bound in that prison. Lord, I pray that you'd set them free. Lord, I pray that they would engage this idea of creating experiences, creating stories. That their family might be engaged in a bigger story that you're telling through them. And Father, for the dad who's listening, who's been battling and living in this prison that he's not good enough, God, change his mind. God, help him to see that he is a son of God through the faith in Jesus Christ. So God, we do put our faith in you. God, I do pray blessing on every family. I pray blessing on every home, blessing on every dad. That we would be the men you've called us to be. That we might be able to give our families the best version of us we possibly can. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said,